Konnichiwa, minasan. Marina desu. How y'all doing today? So today is the second episode of Frill Talk, and I have a lovely guest with me today, all the way from Germany. Achan, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. You mean tonight? It's dark as hell outside right now. Oh yeah, it's like six. It's like six p.m. for you, but it's only one o'clock for me. Seven. It's actually seven. Oh, seven. Oh, mm-hmm. the internet lied to me. <laughs> Yep, because I was like, wait, because I had been on for a little bit, and I was just like, wait, 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 I burned my mouth trying to eat dinner, and was like, oh, and oh, it's not till one o'clock, and okay, it's seven o'clock, so. <laughs> wow, so for those of you that do not know who Achan is, uh, she did participate in one of the uh, Kawaii Melanin collab videos, so she honestly, it was through there that I learned about her YouTube channel, and to be quite honest, she has so much content, and she's been in the leader for such a long time, so Achan, tell me about yourself, um, for one, what style of J fashion do you wear, and how long have you been wearing this style? Oh my god, I'm gonna reveal my age soon, no. Um, I am a classic Lolita, probably because when I got into Lolita, the rule was you were a sweet Lolita first, and then as you got older, you turned into a classic Lolita, and then when you got to be actual old age, you turned into an aristocrat. So that was kind of the trajectory you were supposed to be on, but aristocrat kind of fell off and no one does it anymore because it's too close to cosplay, I'm assuming. So pretty much I was just like, well, I guess I'm just stuck in that classic situation. So I'm primarily classic, but sometimes I'll veer off and do military Lolita too, but not like the questionable military Lolita, so. Right, right. Oh, that's so interesting. So how long have you been wearing Lolita then, I guess? collectively really 2002 wow that's wow that's almost 20 years yes it'll be wow this year i'm just when i realized it was 18 years last year i was like when the fuck did that happen so but it was like okay well that's part of my life so oh well wow i i could honestly say like i've what I've only been wearing Lolita for five years. So that's like <laughs> a quarter of your Lolita life. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. So I have so many questions about that. Um, first off, like, I guess coming into 2021, how Lolita is in versus like, what, like early 2000s, is there something that you would say is like severely different or something that you notice is like, new or something well i noticed uh, there, there were no prints and it, it was like i remember when prints were first coming in vogue and everybody was like oh my god these prints originally people were like mm, like the older ones like me are like mm, this is a little bit sketchy i don't know about these prints y'all it's, it's looking a little ridiculous but it was just as the prints got more elaborate and, and lovely, it was just like, okay, okay. Cause for a long, I was a, I'm not gonna lie, I was a holdout. I was a holdout for the longest. I think it wasn't, I think prints started to really become a thing. I wanna say around 2010 through like 2012, prints were really coming in. And I held out till I wanna say 2015 or 16. 
before I got a print. Everything was just one solid color. So. <laughs> wow. So literally for like 10 plus years, you didn't have like a, like a border print or those sort of sweet prints? Nothing. Like the most I would do is I have one metamorphous dress that's like black and white, or not black and white, um, red and white stripes. I still have that dress. It's just in, in Florida. So, but that was as far as it would go with me. Wow. Until I came and, yep. That's and I, amazing. I, that's honestly like really cool. Cause like, I would, I think I only have like maybe one or two non like print dresses. <laughs> and now they're hard to find. It's yeah. hard to, especially one that doesn't look old school, which I'm not gonna lie, I hate that term because I was like, God damn it, that was new when I was in, in, getting into it. So like, oh yeah, I'm it old. was just regular Lolita. Right. <laughs> Lolita. It wasn't old school or new school. Right. It was just school. So so do you think maybe in like 10 years like sweet would be old school? <laughs> I don't know because the prints, while they they're still really crazy popular, is I don't I don't really see them falling out of fashion. I'd be surprised if they did. I'd be really shocked if if they fell out of fashion. So yeah, especially since a lot of um, at least specifically for like Angelique pretty releases, they they seem to be re-releasing a lot of or always re-releasing the same print like seven different times, like Misty Sky. <laughs> Yes, Misty Sky goes around a lot. Aren't they re-releasing it like again? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, wow. So, I really, I honestly would like to learn more about like your wardrobe. Like, I guess, what are some of your favorite pieces or some of your coveted pieces? I mean, as someone that's only been in this fashion for like five, almost six years, I feel like twenty years is like that's amazing. <laughs> And the thing is, my wardrobe only just exploded in the last, since I had weight loss surgery, because they gouge you like crazy on the um, custom market. So it was like, I could only really get, when I was a size 22, I could only really get new dresses, maybe for Christmas, and then one extra dress for my birthday. So it wasn't until... I'd say about 2018, I was able to really expand my wardrobe to the point where I have most of my dresses here in Germany and some are still in Florida. So, and then I gave away a bunch of dresses. So I knew, cause my best friend, she was like, well, you can't wear them. Can I have them? I was like, sure. And we pretty much, she gave me her, the entire content of her lucky bag she bought. And I gave her all the dresses that I knew I couldn't wear anymore. Because I felt it was like an even trade and I still kind of felt like yeah, I could still give you more. She's like, no, I have enough. I can't even fit this in my luggage. Wow, what a, what a great friend. <laughs> You're such a great friend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I think the most that people ever given me is just like, you know, like accessories. Because I feel like I'm not picky. As long as it's pink and cute, then right. give me whatever. But... <laughs> but really like just having 20 years just worth of experience in Lolita and like even if it's like you've had some uh purchases here and there that's just a lot of like I want to say history I'm not trying to age you or anything but that's just like so amazing like I just find that like oh my goodness <laughs> like you're literally senpai <laughs> 
So one of my, um, I guess, a big question that a lot of newer Lolitas would want to know, um, since you've been in the fashion for a long time, um, has there ever been a time that you've gone to a meetup and ever experienced some sort of like, of course, you are a Black Lolita. So I was just curious if you ever felt any time where you were uncomfortable at a meetup or any it doesn't have to be big it can be small or anything like that I would say probably the most uncomfortable is when I went to Otakon and they had outside of the venue tea party I want to say in 2007 and I hardly knew anybody there and I just felt kind of like okay one thing about me, if I don't feel comfortable, I kind of just don't talk. I kind of just watch everybody to see how they are. <laughs> and um, I just kind of was like in what I call observer mode for that. And that was probably the most uncomfortable I ever felt at a meetup. But in Philadelphia, it, when I was with them, they were super diverse. You had every ethnicity going to meetups there. Um, when I was in Florida, it, it was like a mix of like different kinds of people there too. And I went to one tiny meetup here in Germany um, and they were like really chill. So and they all spoke English for me because they all spoke German. Even the one young lady who is actually American, she can speak perfect German. So they all opted to speak English for me because my German's horrible. So. Wow. And you're right. That's right, of course. And you moved to a whole new country. So now you're in Germany. So that's amazing that you were able to find even just a small community there. Oh, yeah, because it was one of the things before we moved and we were talking about it last year. I was like, I have to find people that do because like I have my what I call my adult friends that don't do any of this stuff. And I was like, I don't want to just do adult things. I want to go be frilly and drink tea and, and be frilly. <laughs> so I was like, is there a, a Lolita community in Stuttgart? And found them. Like, it wasn't easy because I had to really, they're like hidden. <laughs> you got to know somebody halfway to know somebody. But I dug, I dug hard and I hit painter. So it was wow. perfect. That's awesome. So another question, um, as a Black person in J-Fashion, and Lolita specifically, have you had any negative experiences, like, just out in the wild in J-Fashion? Like, honestly, the only one really negative experience I ever had was actually with somebody of my own race. It was in Florida. We were it was my husband, in fact, my husband, my sister-in-law, and we were in kind of like the party district because that was where the meetup was. And that was the striped dress I had on at the time. But I ran into two black ladies who were going to the club and I don't want to put them down, but my rule is this, you can, you can buy an outfit for not that much money. But the one thing you don't want to ever look is cheap. And I thought to myself, I was like, they look cheap. And I know if somebody ever said, I look cheap, that's like rage time. <laughs> so they just look cheap. And I was like, why are you trying to throw shade when at least I don't look cheap? <laughs> so yeah, 
So that was like the worst experience I ever had. But as a whole, nothing ever. And it, it weirds me out every time I think about it. I'm just like, I have either been really lucky or really oblivious. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's actually really great. Um, I so, sort of similar with me. I haven't had meant too many negative experiences in my, I guess, just out in the wild. So maybe you might be able to an- answer this next question. Maybe not. And it's fine if you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say a phrase and then you will fill in the blank after I say it. Shit that white Lolita say. <laughs> the weirdest thing floating to me. Like, oh my God, Brand, Brando. That's usually what I hear. Like, oh my God, Brando. It's like, wasn't that an old tiny actor? Never mind. I'm going to close my mouth now. <laughs> so. <laughs> I I will I will say that there is there is a strong obsession with just brand item as if you can't just look out of in this case angelic pretty because we all know like people are just obsessed with angelic pretty but there's so many indie brands that are honestly just as wonderful. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um back to the question um just in general as a black person um so on Facebook I'm not sure if you're on there actively but there are two. I would say major black oriented J fashion groups. One is Black Lolita Community and the other one is Black J Fashionista Society. Are you part of any of those groups? I am part of both of those groups, but I am a lurker. I do not, I never post and it's weird. It was like, I was thinking about like, what groups am I on? And when I went to go look, I was like, damn, I'm on a lot of groups. I never post a damn thing. So. I'm on there and I just kind of keep an eye on things, but I never post. Wow. Okay. So in that regards, would you say that, um, how important are these groups for really just in general for black people who are in J fashion? I think, especially when you're first getting into it, it helps to know that you're not alone, especially let's just say, for example, you are literally one lone black Lolita let alone person and you're just like there's nobody else like me I'm the only one like me I really like this can I do this and it gives you a foot in the door that yes you can do this it's it's not it's not terrible so and as much as as much ugliness goes on online through a lot of different communities I've never seen anything bad on the black Lolita and black green fashion stuff They've always been supportive. So if you're feeling some kind of way, as they say, I say, especially as a person of color, go there. They will really support you like with open arms. So it's a great way to get your bearings. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I feel the same way just because, um, like you said, a newbie, like they might not know anything else. And if, you know, for example, there's just so many resources for just buying from black brands and black makeup artists. And I just feel like that is exactly how you feel. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So next segment, we will be talking about white influencers. Um, So apologies and allyships. Um, not sure if you've been familiar, but uh, recently a Lolita, a big, a big Lolita influencer, Lovely Lore, um, she did some some mistakes, um, and so I was just curious on wh- some of your uh, thoughts on that, if you have or if you were following it at all. I have 
followed it because it was weird. It popped up on my Facebook on one of the weird days that I checked it and it was just like, what? And then it just kind of de-evolved quickly. And I was just like, what? <laughs> so, but I did a whole like video on this. And basically I'll, I'll say what I, exactly what I said. I understand how everything she went through, she went through. I know and understand why she apologized because I can see where like in a bad picture and being supported kind of by a bad brand <laughs> and then liking somebody who is just completely problematic. I can see where it all happened. I can actually see straight down the line how X, Y, and Z led to whatever. So I genuinely understand what happened and I genuinely wholeheartedly feel bad for her and what she had to go through. So I personally, and this is also what I said, I didn't take offense at any of it because one, you can't apologize, at least in regards to the problematic person, unless you knew them like personally, you had met them, you had interacted with them. And even then you can't know how somebody's worldview is because that'll be a side that I'm sure they don't want to be too open about when they first are meeting you and interacting with you. So you can't take responsibility for that person's awful worldview. Only thing you can do is I say, if ever somebody's in a situation like that going forward, talk to them, try to get them to see like, you might not want to do that because it's kind of fucked up. But if they don't want to change or they're trying to like, no, no, no. And they're making all these excuses, then that's on you. You have to do what's best for you. As for the brand, I, like I said in my video, if free people came knocking on my door right now and was like, we will give you X, Y, and Z and you will be our brand ambassador. I really don't care what atrocities are taking place. I'm wearing your clothes. So, and I shouldn't be that way. And it's horrible to say, but I know that's how it would be. And I'm sure that's what happened with her. It's like, you became this brand ambassador and it was just like, oh my God, that's so cool. And the cool factor takes over from doing due diligence to see how they are as a business. But can I be a little bit real? I'm once again wearing Taobao and I'm fairly certain since Taobao is a Chinese thing, some kind of atrocity has taken place in the making of this JSK. And I try not to think too hard about it because sometimes it's easy to find out if a brand is has, again, a toxic gross worldview, but sometimes it's a lot harder to, to deal with. As for the, the like in the bad picture, I have done that many a day on Instagram, just dumbly just scrolling through and I even understand that too. And even if she was following this person, which I'm not sure she was or not, again, she is not responsible for this woman's worldview. All you can do is just be like, okay, you're a little out there. I'm gonna deuces. And that's what she did. So she handled it correctly. She handled everything correctly and with a lot of grace because that had to have been hard. But I just, I. I just understand how it all unraveled. <laughs>
if that answers your question. Sorry to ramble. No, no, you're fine. There's no right or wrong answer. So, um, there might be some people that disagree with what you're saying. Um, some of the how lovely Laura she handled the situation. Um, there were, I guess, she was sort of asking of POC and Black people to let her know if she's following anyone problematic. Now, do you think that Black people, at least, especially, it was really a lot of Black Olitas that um, reacted negatively to Lore's mistake. Do you feel like Black people should help her police who she's following, or how do you feel about that? Hmm. It's an interesting, like, can you really ask somebody to police your friends list? It doesn't seem like something that's feasible but then again I don't know so I honestly don't know I mean again she's I still say she's not responsible for other people's worldview but I'm an old lady and that's just how old ladies operate but I I don't know that's a tricky question it's honestly I I don't know it's can you send somebody else to do due diligence for you? I don't know. Because what if it comes down to a situation? What if this person that you're following, you ask somebody else to keep an eye on, but they already don't like that person and they're putting like non like, oh, they're, they're toxic and whatever, but they're not really, they just don't like this person for whatever reason. It just starts a slippery, weird slope of just like, you have to, you got to do your own research, everybody. You can't rely on other people because everybody has their own agenda. You have to be the one to be responsible for your, like, for the people that you follow. But again, I'm saying this is somebody who can kind of creep under the radar and God only knows what kind of mania the people I follow are, are up to when I'm not looking. But I also will tell anybody, like, I'm not responsible for their worldview. If they're gross and toxic, it'll reveal itself to me eventually. And then I'll be like, nope. But (laughs) I can't, I also at the same token, can't send somebody else to do my research. I have to do it myself. So that's a hard one. That was a good one though. (laughs) Well, that seems to be a lot of um, the reactions that I've seen. Cause I remember uh, lovely Laura, she, it was one of her Instagram stories, like one of the text ones where mm-hmm. she basically uh, said that, you know, if you know that I am following someone bad, then let me know. Um, a lot of people took it as why should I be your Negro magician? For example. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to, cause like I said, for me, it wouldn't be so much, like it just it's the idea that if somebody doesn't like somebody else they're going to poison your well and you don't want your well poisoned you want the nice water not the scary poison water so <laughs> and i think people just feel so strongly about that is because when at least in the west here lovely lore is definitely one of the bigger um influencers in lolita so it's more of like what what is she trying to influence and a reflection of her, I guess, influence. Um, mm-hmm. 
So if people see that, I believe she was following the the person. They were a makeup artist, if I remember correctly. I believe Lovely Laura was following them and then, you know, scrolling through and liked them. Um, mm. And then that's when people, um, they originally, it was a screenshot of the person because they were well-liked in like the makeup. And I think J Fashion Community, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that. And then people pointed out that Lovely Laura had liked it. Um, so I think that's kind of like where it kind of snowballed and then that's where people, uh, reacted negatively to that. Yeah. Okay. So have you actually watched her apology video? I did watch her apology video. What were some of your thoughts? I just was kind of sitting like, well, oh damn, that's what? (laughs) It was mostly for me confusion. Like, especially with the liking the, the the one pick of the person that was at the the whatever fiasco thing. <laughs> I was just kind of like, okay, that didn't really warrant an apology, but I can understand where people would be offended by it. Then I think it went into the wig company and I've known about them forever. I've known about them since they became hot shit back in the middle 2000s. And I was just like, yeah, they've been problematic forever. They had that whole black lady wearing the wig that was curly and the watermelon drinking. I was like, you know what? Now we're done here. We're done with this shit. Uh, Thank God I never bought from you assholes. Cause no. And then I think it came out, they had made like a gross statement. Like, well, we only want to sell it to black women anyway. I was just like, okay, well, good luck with that. Cause Good luck with that. <laughs> so, and then I think the last thing was about the problematic person. I was just like, oh, well, well, damn. Okay. So none of this is for me and it doesn't really apply to me. And I mean, not to be selfish on that level, but it's just like, I don't feel like any of this applies to me. So I, I, I get where she apologized. I understand. It just wasn't, it wasn't for me. <laughs> so... That's understandable. I think to some degree, I I feel the same sentiments um, because at least for me, I've never been harassed or anything like that regarding um, the company Gothic Lolita wigs or any of the the like the makeup artists. It wasn't part of my little bubble, so right. I felt like that apology was not meant for me. Um, right. Now I wouldn't say I would just leave it at that. I mean, I acknowledge it, but. I feel like some people should understand that the apologies that influencers make shouldn't be for everyone, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So then, so then in that case, then um, how do you feel about other Black Lolitas just saying, oh, I'm a Black Lolita, you're fine, yada, yada, yada. How do you feel when people react that way? Do you think um, that would really I guess give lore like a bad picture since it would be like oh you got a lot of diversity yeses um, whereas people who have been affected by her past actions because it seems like this was a pattern um, so how do you feel about that I honestly don't know um, it's one of those weird things it's, it's kind of in my head like can you really get like a pass or whatever can can you 
it's just a weird and I can't explain why it's weird in my head it, it just reminds me kind of like a, a couple months ago I was talking about um military Lolita and they were there was a complaint that the one young lady was like trying to earn victim points and I'm just like is that a thing you can have because it doesn't seem like an actual thing so to me that doesn't it doesn't seem plausible basically is yeah she probably gotten a lot of forgiveness from the the people of color lolita community and i i don't really know i guess i guess if she if it, you're asking if she's looking for absolution that's not up to even a community of people that's that's <laughs> Unfortunately, one of those things you would have to go to each and every person and and make your plead your case, and no one's doing that. So if she's looking for kind of like absolution, that's not for us. You have to forgive yourself, and once you forgive yourself, everything else will be fine. You can't. <laughs> I understand it was a pattern of behavior, but it seems to me that she learned. I don't know, but. I can't, I'm, I'm not anybody important to grant absolution to is what I, I guess what I'm trying to say. So that's why I kind of don't really have a hard opinion. Mm -hmm. That's understandable. So then regarding another uh, white Lolita who've been exposed as a Nazi sympathizer, DD Zeta, did you see about that? What are your thoughts about that if you have? Okay, see, living in Germany, there's actual rules about this, and I have been avoid like, if I know something has, like, Nazi imagery, and I realize in living here, there's a lot of Nazi imagery that floats around in the United States, and I'm just like, and I have to turn my television down because I just feel so guilty. And I'm like, somebody's gonna come in and be like, she's listening to all this Nazi stuff, and they're gonna arrest me, and oh my God. So, it's already for me like a subject living in Germany that makes me extremely nervous. So when this came out, I'm like, oh shit, here we fucking go. I'm not getting in this. I'm not touching this with a 10 foot fucking pole because I'm not having anybody coming in here, dragging me off like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not doing anything. I swear to God, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm like, I'm here with my husband, don't arrest me. I don't know what I'm doing because I really don't want to play locked up abroad, the Achan version. So, <laughs> but as a whole, again, this is this person's gross toxic worldview and I don't understand it at all. There is no reason to be anything racist, anti-Semitic. There's no reason for it in this day and age. And it was always something that always kind of bothered me anyway, because this is like, why do people hate so much? Like, what the fuck happened to you that you just got to be such a hateful awful human being what who hurt you and why so it's one of those things I don't know if she is or not but if she is the only thing I can hope is that she gets some kind of help and she realizes that it's not cool and if you look at it from a standpoint and I've I've never really gone too deep into this, but I had been told this by history teachers, Hitler's mother was Jewish. So he had some self-loathing shit going on. And what the fuck are we doing? Why are you listening to somebody who 
by Jewish culture, you're Jewish if your mother's Jewish, which makes you 100% Jewish. What the fuck are you doing? So I was like, I don't get it. So that's kind of where I got stuck with her. It was like a whole bunch of like, don't touch this. <laughs> and then being in Germany, like, leave it alone. <laughs> so yeah, I'm all hot. I'm all flustered and hot because I know this is like, one of these topics that I avoid living here. <laughs> like, don't, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Because you're going to come so, and get it. So since you are living in Germany, I know you mentioned that you like wearing like military style Lolita. Would you dress military style Lolita in Germany? Since there, I, I think from my understanding, there's a lot of like banning of like the um, anything Nazi. Basically, there's like fines and you can even get jail time and stuff like that, depending oh, on. Yeah. Yep, and there's certain ways you have to talk about it as well. You can't just roll up, kick open the door, and be like, Nazis! And like, whoa, 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 whoa. And they, I've heard stories where Americans will do stuff like that. They'll just bust in and be like, Nazis! Like, what the fuck are you doing? What is wrong with you? But as a whole, um, I have my royal corgis, which is like my favorite outfit ever. Um, and that is my primary military Lolita. There is one outfit by Royal Princess Alice that I don't give a damn what the fuck goes on. I would wear the shit out of that and it's called Dark Knight General. It's just got skulls and, and whatever on it. Like, I think it's like a giant skull in the front around with like some star. But the thing that fucks it up is if you buy the hat cause they have like, you know, the hat. <laughs> so in, the head is kind of fucked up and I kind of still like the head though but I would never wear it but I would wear the shit out of Dark Knight General though I would totally wear that and be like I don't I don't give a shit so it's just certain things here you really have to be extra mindful of so wow. I'm not doing locked up abroad the Adrian edition no <laughs> <laughs> Please don't get in German jail. <laughs> no, because I have it in my head. You're gonna do. You're gonna be hitting boulders in a quarry, and then it'll be ritualized, occasional ass kickings. And I'm not into either. So, no, thank you. Next segment I want to talk about is about mm -hmm. anime conventions and J fashion focused events. Okay. So, um, you are American born, correct? So yes. have you been to any conventions in the U.S.? Oh, I've been, to, I've been doing conventions in the U.S. since 1998. So I started convention, going to conventions in 1998. Wow. What was the first convention that you've been to? I know everybody pronounces it Otakon, but I had a Japanese friend. She pronounced it Otakon, so that's what I call it. I went to Otakon back when they fit in one hotel. Yes, <laughs> they fit in one hotel. It was like, damn. And now they're spread across like the entire quadrant of Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the one of. It's really big now compared to '98. That's amazing. <laughs> So in that time then, did you ever notice any like J fashion like coming up or any Lolitas even like in the earlier years, be even before you started actively wearing like, fashion? 
Mm-mm. I mean, um, there may have been, but I didn't start noticing people until I went back in 04. So that was when they started having like little Lolita photo shoots and everybody and people thought they were styling when they were wearing body line. And I don't mean good body line. I mean, lace monster body line. So yeah, and people thought they were styling and it was like, oh, you're wearing old tiny body lines. So don't act like you special. So, and it wasn't really until I think Meta started selling stuff in, I wanna say 07 they started going international. And that's when it started getting a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. So, oh man. Cause back then, if you saw like a Lolita, especially in like 03, you'd be like, oh my God, it's one, come here, come here. Let's meet, let's talk, oh my God. You'd be like, Lolita, yes. And you'd be all like, oh my God, it's another one. Cause there's like nobody here. So <laughs> that was those days. Did you see many black J fashion wearers at that time? Yep, there was there. It was me and my best friend because we used to do Lolita together. And then it was like at the photo shoot, there would be a couple. So even then, it was there was always black people here. Don't ever let anybody tell you differently. That's awesome. So then, regarding so, have you been to any um, J Fashion like focused events? So like off the top, that or at least have like a big J Fashion community. So I think Teco uh, is one that I can think of off the top of my head since they have a pretty big J fashion community there. They do. And I went to Teco before they started focusing on that. And I was just like, you bastards, we'll start doing it after I can't go there anymore. So yeah, it wasn't until well after I had moved to Florida that they were like, oh, we're a big J fashion. Where the fuck was this when I was? Okay, whatever, fine leave me out I don't care I'm not insulted at all wow so you so were you there I believe Teco had a different name so were you did you attend Teco before um I guess the J fashion programming even started nope it was like I had gone I think when they were in Philly and they used to do stuff in Philadelphia I was going because it was like my local could get to and yep are there any uh, J Fashion events that you want to go? I know there's the one in Las Vegas, the Royal Vegas one. There's Paradiso, I believe is in Missouri City or Kansas City. I think it's Kansas City. Um, I think those off, off the top of my head I can think of. Are there? I think there is one in Europe, like a really big one in Europe that happens. Um, I forget the name of it. It's I think it started with like a G or something. But are there like any of those events that you wish that you could have gone or that you really want to go? I would love to go to a, a J Fashion event just to see what they're like. I'm, I'm like, I've been to all kinds of, because I love conventions. I just kind of love the nerd aspect of it. And it just, it always amazes me. And here's a fun fact, no matter where you go in the world, the language may change, but the convention attendees never do. I could take a picture of them outside of the convention center in, in DC and could take a picture outside of them in Mannheim and you would never be able to tell the difference. They're the same group of people. So, but as for J fashion, I would love to go to Paradiso. Oh my God. Or um, um, that's what it's called, right? Paradiso. Yeah. 
Okay. I would, I've been, I've had my eye on that for years and I can never get to it. And I wouldn't mind going to the Royal Weekend in Vegas too. I just, as a whole, kind of don't want Vegas because we went there for a concert and the best part of that trip was the concert. I am Vegas is not my kind of town. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they're having in uh, one or they were going to have in one of the bigger hotels. So probably would have been right on the strip actually so it probably would have been amazing if you know COVID and the global pandemic didn't cancel it or anything like that so since that is the case how do you feel cons um will be in regards to bringing like Japanese guests over from overseas over to the U.S. or Germany even like when I went to the one in here in Germany, they had Japanese guests. In fact, I could understand the Japanese guests when they spoke more than I could understand the German people speaking. So it's just, I, I don't think they would have a problem bringing people over. I just, no, I actually don't even see where it would, would be like people would even be hesitant. Like Japanese people seem like, oh, hey, this is happening, I'll go. So. But it seems like not many people can go into Japan since they kind of close borders to some countries, especially the U.S. So, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, are there um, any like cons specifically that um, might possibly have like a big J fashion community, um, or that you might be aware of or not um, that you would want to go when it is safer to go to cons? I mean, just I would just love to go to conventions as a whole. So it, it kind of doesn't really, because I know here in Germany, at least the one I attended, they didn't have even, even though I could only go for the one day, it didn't look like they had a, a like a J fashion presence, but it was not for lack of seeing like about a hundred thousand Lolitas walking around. So I don't know why they don't have that. So maybe they don't think it's like worth it, but. I don't know. It's kind of weird because they're there. I'm. I've saw, I saw a lot of Lolitas and I met two of them. So. So now we are on our last segment. Thoughts on brand size inclusiveness. So, one of the many reasons why I guess why people don't get into Lolita fashion is because the sizing of the dresses. How do you feel when you hear that? I can understand it because I've been on both sides of this argument. <laughs> so I know exactly because I was, again, I was a size 22 forever. So I know that they gouge the shit out of you when you hit the custom market, which is kind of sort of your best ish option. So, but I'm not going to say it's your only option. You do have, I know Mom Actually Mom, uh, they, I have championed them since I was chubby. I will continue to champion them because they do the lovely size, which is their plus size line. And then they have, I forget what it's called, but then they have like the ultra plus size line where the measurements for the bus go up to 130. I think one went up to 140 centimeters. That's massive. So I highly recommend them, but I can understand where people are like, well, I I can't fit it. And yeah, you can. You can even get brand altered. And I know that's like, oh my God, you're altering brand. You can't do that. 
yeah, you can. Don't let somebody dumb come up and tell you dumb shit. You just you you just got to find the right seamstress who's able to alter stuff. One of the German leaders, because we had a tea party, I think not this past weekend, the weekend before that, she said the seamstress altered her outfit with the same material. She just had to lose the pockets. So basically they took the material out of the pockets and extended the sides. So if you find a good seamstress, you can make anything possible. So don't let size be the determining factor that you can't do it. You can do it. And really, honestly, check your measurements. And even sometimes with the measurements, shit sometimes is forgiving. Because at my chubbiest, I had a, um, one of my favorite dresses was an innocent world. It was like a strawberry dress with like middle waist shearing. And even at my heaviest, I could still wear that. And it still had give. So don't let size be something that stops you. If you want to do it, do it. It just sometimes, unfortunately, will cost a little more. But if you want, if it's something that makes you feel good about yourself, you got to do it. <laughs> so. Wow. So what are some of your favorite brands? And since, um, at least from my point of view, it seems like you buy a lot of Chinese indie brands or Taobao brands. I do. I stay my ass on Taobao. I need to get out of Taobao because it's a problem. But um, my favorite brand, I'm not gonna lie, El Press. I can't talk about El Press enough. I goddamn love El Press. Oh my god. So huh. the only problem I remember I remember a couple of your latest videos was about one of your recent El Press dresses and how it was in Florida, then we had set up the journey. Sorry for laughing, but <laughs> no, because one day I will have a situation where it's not a fucking story attached to it, but that's just my life. But yeah. Oh, but I love that L press dress. I just need to iron it. Oh, and my headdress and wrist cuffs are going to Florida and then they'll get to me at some point. So <laughs> oh, <wow. sighs> so I know um a couple recently, um I believe, yeah, a fellow Lolita made like a blog with like um, sweet Lolita brands that are um, plus size friendly and Meta was on there. So I feel like Meta recently have really been killing the game with plus size since they've been releasing more of those options. How do you feel about Meta? Honestly, Meta has always been killing it. They've always, even in when they first started shipping internationally, they we're like, okay, we got to do something for the sizes. And they've always been plus size inclusive. I think, do they have their own? I'm, th- I'm thinking they have their own plus size line as well. Yeah, yeah. I know recently I, when I was on their website, there was one dress that went up to like 140 or something like that. And it was like starting from like, I think either 98. I think it was between 98 to 140 or 100 to 140. I don't remember, but around that. Yeah, so I thought they had started doing their own situation for plus size. So yeah, they but they in all fairness, that striped red and white dress I've been talking about, that was a meta dress. So and that they were my actual first brand Lolita. So they've always and that was when I was definitely a hard like 2022. So they've always been really plus size inclusive. 
if you can find some shearing for, for innocent world, which is kind of like their early stuff, they don't, if it don't have shearing, I hope you don't need all your ribs because you're not fitting in it. <laughs> but their shearing is mad forgiving. They're like somebody, that strawberry dress, I'm telling you, I was real plump once and I still fit it and still had give. So it's just a question of finding it. Right, right, of course. So then since you buy um, from a lot of Chinese indie brands or on Taobao, can you explain why more Lolitas should as well? Since it seems like, um, at least from my point of view, people are too obsessed with Angelic Pretty. <laughs> probably, and I thought about this a lot, it's probably because for a long time and still kind of sort of now, but not as much, in the beginning, Chinese Taobao stuff was always synonymous with bootlegs and copies and, and, and replicas, but they have well come into their own. They're, they've come into their own so much that I think they're actually like toward the end of their run, a lot of Chinese on um, Gothic Lolita Bible, they were actually getting featured in Gothic Lolita Bible, like our series, which is a Taobao brand, they were starting to be featured. So, but honestly, you should check out the, the Taobao stuff because as long as you stay within a label, you can't, with the Chinese stuff, you can't go off label. If there's like, say on Devil Inspired, it says pink Lolita dress or blue Lolita dress, don't get it because it's some off-brand shit and you're going to be all sad and fucked up. You have to stay on label. You got to go Infanta. You got to go L Press. You got to go Diamond Honey. If it has a label, it's not only inexpensive, especially when you buy directly from, like, say, a Taobao um, proxy service. It's really affordable. And also, the construction is on point. I've not... Like, kind of, sort of, my um, Royal Corgis, I had a little bit of problem with the construction because, like, the buttons weren't sewn properly. But I can kind of ignore that because I know how to reinforce them. But as a whole, I've never had a problem with the construction of anything that I bought on Taobao. As long as I stay on on a label like just don't go off label I know it's tempting because those are always the cheapest ones those are always like the $15 $20 it's tempting don't do it because you're gonna be you're gonna be trust me you'll be all fucked up and sad but you should go to Chinese root seriously if you're looking for good quality and affordability is you can't beat it and I know I feel so bad because there's so many really great indie brands out there that are not Chinese but I know money is we are living in times that are real rough so just go to cheap route until you can circle back and get the more expensive pieces so <laughs> so then and you sort of answered this, but many Western Alitas seem to focus, especially on Angelic Pretty, and completely ignore Taobao as a platform and everything as a whole. <laughs> um, I guess for the audience, can you just quickly explain what yeah. is Taobao and what are these Chinese indie brands on Taobao and what does that mean? Well, Taobao is 
kind of, I don't want to say eBay because it's not like eBay. It's kind of more like Chinese Amazon, if you think about it. They have like a bunch of different vendors. You can pretty much get literally almost anything you want off of Taobao. Um, and they have a lot of different vendors that sell different kinds of clothes or sell like makeup or whatever. So it just depends on what your fancy is. For Lolita, you cannot when you look on Taobao, your head is going to explode and you're going to be like, I'm going to get nine of these and 40 of these and 80 of these because the prices are low. <laughs> Try not to get crazy. So, and you'll need, I know you can, they say on Taobao that you can order directly from a Taobao shop Unless you speak perfect Mandarin and can figure it out, I don't recommend it. I tried it before and it was nightmarish. So, but Taobao, again, I can't stress it. If you want good quality and affordability, as long as you stay on a label, you, you your wardrobe will be popping. And then, like I said, even on tough times, you can get great JSKs. You can get some really amazing damn blouses which I really need to up my blouse game it's really fucked up but you can get some really great pieces off a of Taobao so I can't I, I know I feel like such a traitor like there's other indie brands I know but Taobao is like they had a shirt for like a, a blouse for like five dollars and it was nice so I'm just saying yeah, yeah, and I I agree. I, I mean, I recently bought a couple of pairs of shoes. I bought like three or four of three or two of the same kind, but different colors because, like, oh my god, this is like cheap and it's so amazing too. So I totally understand that about trying not to go too crazy. <laughs> yeah, your brain will explode at first but you, when you calm down and you're like okay let's be reasonable you can come out with it you really can come out with some good stuff I can't I can't I just can't so. so again you touched on this a little bit but why do you think a lot of um western lolitas especially ignore just Taobao in general I think it, I'm looking at it more as like, why do they more focus on the Japanese brand? It could be that stigma of maybe that stench from the past where stuff was just copies. But it also, in business school, we learned about luxury brands. So it could be a way to, I guess it would be akin to like having a Birkin bag and like, I can afford this Birkin bag. Like, okay, so you can pay what it costs on like the cheap of Prius. You're paying for a whole ass Prius, but putting it in a purse, okay. So it's like that luxury brand mentality. Like you can afford it, so why they treat yourself kind of thing. So I can see it, but I mean, have I bought, the last new brand that I bought was a baby dress. Like. All my angelic pretty has been secondhand. I'd rather get that, especially AP, because I have issues with AP as a business. Um, I'd rather get their stuff secondhand, because at least I know I'm helping the person and everybody's not going to angelic pretty. So, but I can see where people get, you know, like, Brando, 
only, it's not real raw data. Yes, it is. It's just not Japanese. So would you mind if you about it? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, if you think about it. Go ahead. Okay, I looked at the label on, I think, a couple of angelic pretty dresses, and I think even one of the baby dresses I have, they're all made in China anyway. <laughs> so, my thermanos, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> so, in that case, um, since you mentioned you have some um, iffiness with angelic pretty, could you just briefly touch on why you feel how you feel towards angelic pretty? Um, this is a multi-pronged thing I have with them, but back in 2012, there was a solitary Chinese, actually she did all her stuff by herself by hand. Her name was Ujia, the Ujia incident of 2012. And she was, I'm not gonna lie, she was cranking out a lot of replicas. <laughs> so Angelic pretty caught wind of it. And they pretty much told at the time the biggest community for Lolita was Live Journal. So, Live Journal at that point, they had their selling of secondhand Lolita. So, they had banned replicas on the selling portion of, of um, Live Journal. But they had gone on and said, anybody talking about Ujia replicas on even the community will be banned and removed because they got threatened with legal action by AP. So that actually angered me because it's like, how dare you threaten somebody in a whole ass other country <laughs> for talking about not even selling replica Angelic Pretty. It's just, that did not sit well with me and it still doesn't sit well with me and i'm feeling myself getting hot <laughs> i'm just like because it's just something so just i don't know it seems slimy to me it's like you can't if they're not selling it anybody can talk about anything they want and i always i'll always contend if i was the person running that forum on on lj i would have told ap to kick rocks i'd have been like bring your lawyers, I'll bring mine, and we can have a nice long talk about how I'm not selling anything on this platform. You don't have the right to dictate that to me. And I'm sure it would have gotten thrown out of court. So I don't like it when people strong arm tactic, especially young people just doing something that they enjoy. It just, it does not sit well with me. And that's what started it. There's been a few other incidences with them where I'm kind of like, I see you, you, you on my list. <laughs> so, and I won't get into those other two incidents, but that is my primary, like, I am hot. I am angry about this because it just, it does, it's not right. I understand you're trying to protect your brand. I went to business school. I know how it go, but you do not have the right to tell people who are not selling anything. Well, you can't even talk about it. It's like, fuck you. I can talk about whatever I want. <laughs> so. Wow, wow. I feel like a lot of people are angry at AP for a lot of reasons. Um, but I didn't know about that, actually. I mean, I was on live journal, so I obviously wouldn't have known. Um, and of course, sizing is one of the bigger issues that people complain about Angelic Pretty. Um, yep. But even though they, they say, you know, AP caters to, uh, to the Chinese market, 
but then the Chinese market also caters to <laughs> plus size and custom sizes, which exactly it's a weird it's a weird uh conversation to have with people. How do you feel about that? They're they are the luxury brand of Lolita, and they the reason they do it is because they can get away with it. If everybody collectively just was like, "This is not right," fuck you, we're gonna go somewhere else. They would overnight change their fucking tune. And because no one stands up to them, that's why they do it. So like I said, I was a former business major. I know how it works and I know how every, and it would have to be a collective agreement amongst everybody. And you're not gonna get people because but, but like they print, it's, it's so nice and I really want it. But, okay. This is why I'm like, it's really hard to have a moral compass when it comes to fashion. It's one of the things that's tr real tricky. It's like you love something and you really want it, but you have to weigh that moral balance. That's why, like I said, my little dig at them is to never buy straight from Angelic Pretty. I always get it secondhand. It's like, you're not getting no money from this. <laughs> You'd rather just give it to a scalper. <laughs> exactly. So... And I know people have moral issues against wearing replicas and I don't have a moral issue with it, but that's for me. So, and I understand that. And if you don't want to wear a replica, that's fine. But it's one of those situations, unless we all got together as a community and said enough, they will never change. So. That makes sense. Of course. I mean, if it doesn't affect your money, why would yep. you change it? You gotta hit it right in the pocket where yep. it hurts. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that was that was a lot. I honestly really enjoyed conversation <laughs> with you. I just, <laughs> so I just want to dedicate the next 10 seconds for you to shout out whatever you want. Um, so starting now. Uh, you can find my stuff on fanfiction.net. <laughs> I actually do write fanfiction and you can find me on fanfiction.net. So but eh, you'll put my socials up. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> well, do you have any closing thoughts? No, this is great. Anything you want to tell the audience? <laughs> oh no, like just guys, I always say this on my channel. I want you to be the weird and wonderful you that you are. So just be the weird and wonderful you that you are and don't worry about anything. I think one of the stupidest things I'd ever heard was one of my aunts told me like, I didn't start caring about what people thought until I turned 40. And this was like when I was in my twenties, I was like thinking to myself, fuck that. I'm gonna be who I am now and why wait another 20 years? So now that I am actually 40, you really think I give two fucks about what goes on around me? No. So just be the weird and wonderful you you are and embrace who you are and everything else will fall into place. So. Wow, that was that was heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to thank you again, Achan, oh. for being here, being here on episode two of Frill Talk. Um, as you all know, I will be bringing lots of different people and I wouldn't call everyone on here like influencers I would just call them like my friends regular people that just wear Lolita um so yeah so I hope you all enjoyed this episode and Achan of course and thank you so much you're welcome thank you thank you you've been a very gracious hostess <laughs> until the next one Achan <laughs>